0: You're listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at
1: chirpradio.org slash podcast. Hmm.
0: It's Ivy. It's your girl, Beefy. When no one in name was for me, I got a vision in the works that they just can't see. I'm manifesting and like a real OG, about to go crazy on these real OC. I'm putting in the work, I invest in me. It's E. Fani, I.E. the D.A.T.
1: Ain't nobody else got the vibes like this, me. I hex people who be gaslighting me. Get off. I'm Jesse D., and I am with Chirp Radio.
0: I'm E. Fani Elsmith. I am a singer, rapper, and overall artist out of Chicago.
1: Thanks for being here. So Everything Feestyle was released in July of 2020. It's pretty much mid-pandemic. What was it like releasing an album during that time?
0: It was surprisingly really rewarding. I was a little worried about dropping a project during the pandemic. I wanted to have an album release party, which I was not able to at that time. It was a little nerve-wracking, but it was ultimately really rewarding, and it received a lot of love from my community. That was the best part.
1: What about it was nerve-wracking?
0: Well, okay, so I had been working on this project, for about two years. So I started working on it in tw- and I was finally able to roll it out in 2020. And so, okay, I want to say between the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, like I had planned to get it out between that time. So I had been posting and, and promoting a couple of the songs. So the last song on the album "EXO," I wrote that in 2018 and I had, started performing it like right away so I had already been performing that song at all of my live shows long before the album came out long before the song even dropped so I had just been telling people oh it's gonna come out it's gonna come out this month then that month would come and then I'm like oh it's gonna come out the next month (laughs) that just kept it, it just kept script just kept being repeated. I had to keep saying that because I I thought it was going to come out before it did. So I said it would be out in April. There's actually an article out there where I I did an interview and I said my album would be dropping in April of 2020 and they put that on the article and then I didn't end up dropping it. That's what was very nerve-wracking about it. That's what made it nerve-wracking. I feel like I put pressure on myself by telling people when it was going to come out, even though I didn't really have all of the pieces together. I was just, you know, putting them together as I went, doing the best I could. And so that part was nerve wracking. I was like wondering if people maybe wouldn't care after so long, but that wasn't the case at all. (laughs) They actually were waiting and they loved it.
1: Yeah, it does seem like people loved it um, and still continue to love it a lot you still seem like you get comments even though it was released over a year ago at this point of people saying I still really love listening to this album
0: yeah I actually have gotten that a lot throughout this release so I'm just really grateful for that like I cherish it I screenshot I screenshot the messages all the time and I like go back to that when I'm feeling really down or discouraged grow up You gotta grow up Love is never enough Mm -hmm. Show up You gotta show up Commit to yourself Mm -hmm. It's not worth it Chasing a person Who ain't willing to put the work in I know you love but put your foot down,. And,
1: and there are a lot of m- very modern and contemporary messages of healing and self-care and advocating for yourself and setting boundaries in your music and in your lyrics. Where does that come from?
0: Well, it comes from a lot of my life experiences. and it comes from like relationships, the insecurity that i that I was battling and that I still battle. I want to definitely go back and touch on the situationships and how like that took a toll on my self-esteem and I had to pick myself back up, you know, I'm not sure if, if you've ever been through it, but like when you crush on someone and it doesn't go the way you want it to go, that can be heartbreaking or sometimes it's not even that deep and people will still not really have respect for the connection that you have or they may not have respect for the intimacy that you share with them or the vulnerability that you share with them in that moment it kind of feels like a piece of you has been taken away and so you have to or or, so I had to nurse myself back to normal I had to be there for myself Um, I was the only one that I could confide in for real I mean I had friends that I could confide in and vent to but you know they didn't always understand completely where I was coming from so i had to really just depend on my own compassion and be there for myself and and then also reflect and know what i'm not going to allow in my space anymore so that's where the boundaries come in like i had to really really put my foot down because naturally i lack those self boundaries like I put other people before myself, so I, I have a, or I am working on my people-pleasing traits. It's really not helpful. I mean, I have great intentions, and so I honor that, and I have compassion for that. But a lot of times, I end up putting other people's feelings above my own, and it ends up hurting me in the end. So that's where the song Standing in My Garden, that's where that came from.
1: So there's a line in Fifi style that's Fuck being nice, being mean is pretty healthy. Is that where that comes from? Like that, that setting of boundaries?
0: Yeah. Another is just that I'm a very nice person. And a lot of times I hold my tongue for the sake of other people's feelings. Because one thing that I've noticed about myself among the years or along the years, I mean, uh, since I'm so nice and so sweet to people that when I am being a human and I just, and I'm not being nice or I, I really, you know, cause a lot of times we all, we all get irritated. We all get annoyed. We all go through things. So there'll be times where I'm not feeling nice and I'm really just, I'm going through it and I'm just being straightforward or I'm being blunt. And it's just like, I, I so easily hurt people's feelings. Like, I don't even have to be blunt, actually, like, I just will say the truth, like, when I'm, when I'm just being honest, like, completely honest, And but I'm not being nice about it, it's almost as if I'm, like, the villain all the time, or, like, as my people, you know, react to me as if I'm so out of pocket, or if I'm so rude, and it's, like, I'm really not, I'm just not being overly nice, and that is very very frustrating. So that's where that that's where that line came from because it's like when I'm not being overly nice, I can be pretty ruthless um, or pretty brutal with my honesty, and I hate I just hate watching the reaction. A lot of times I get the shorter end of the stick because I'm overcompensating for people's feelings. So when I wrote that line, it's like being mean is pretty healthy sometimes. Sometimes you have to have to you have to be real. You can't be nice about everything. No more being the people pleaser. Giving power to those who don't need it. Hey, cause it ain't gonna make them love me, neither. Use me and leave me, and I don't want neither. You know I'm taking back what's mine.
1: So um, your track, Sharon, The Skin I'm In, that song or video came out about three years ago, which is when you were in your early career of releasing music, like 2018. Can you tell me about Sharon Flake's book, The Skin I'm In, and how it inspired you to write this song and what it's done for your artistic career? But
0: it's about this young black girl, and she's a dark-skinned girl she's in seventh grade and she's bullied for the color of her skin and like and even when I wrote the song I hadn't read the book or come across it recently I just always remembered what I felt and I always remembered that those characters just had these struggles that were tied to the color of their skin and also like I think at the time I was just really really um vigilant when it comes to the media and how they portray dark-skinned Black women who are celebrities and how they portray light-skinned Black women or how they portray other women of color who are of a lighter skin tone. I felt at the time that there's always this negative connotation when it comes to the Black women who are darker-skinned. Like I felt like they were always labeled as like the angry black woman and how those characters had different struggles, but a lot of it was tied to their skin color. So I just wanted to tie the two together. Felt like her books always made me feel affirmed. Like I was like, yeah, this is what it's like. This is what it's like every day. So I kind of wanted to take that perspective. And so that's why I called the song Sharon. And that's what was kind of like me calling out to her, like, let let these people know like what it's really like and and what turmoil they are really causing onto, onto our mentals by perpetuating this colorism in the media
1: and my name is jesse my name is jesse d with Chirp Radio, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you for being with me and with you today. All day, where we can play. you let This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at slash podcasts